I am excited about the technology being used for social purposes, right? And that's why we build consumer-facing applications. But, you know, with, again, another use case of blockchain technology is the fact that you can have the community drive the direction of these technology. Welcome to a Bit Cryptic Podcast, where we interview top crypto experts to take you down the rabbit hole into the world of cryptocurrency. Now, it's time to get a bit cryptic. Hey everyone, this is Dong, Chief Editor of Bit Cryptic. We try our best here to provide in-depth coverage of innovations in the world of blockchain technology and the people driving that curve. We want to help our listeners understand how this technology will shape our society. If you like our show, please hit subscribe, give a rating, it'll help spread our content. If you have feedback on our show, please send them our way to our team's inbox. That's team at bitcryptic.com. Our guest today is Cha Vu, COO of Cambria, a startup that wants to build an ecosystem that accelerates the adoption of robotics and AI. That's right, you heard it, robotics and artificial intelligence. Cha has a doctorate in engineering. She's been teaching at the School of Transportation, the School of Planning at NYU in New York City. Welcome, Cha. Glad to have you here. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. You all at Canberra have had a hectic few months. Mm-hmm. Now, to list off some recent highlights, your CEO, Thuk Vu, was in Vietnam doing a strategic discussion, knowledge sharing with the Vietnamese government about the challenges and opportunities with crypto. Uh, you were featured on the morning show and even a fashion show. Well, not you, <laughs> but rather your telepresence <laughs> robot. So we'll get to all of that. Uh, we'll get to mm-hmm. your role at Cambria. But first, we want to trace your journey and how you got here. Have you always been involved with robotics? My personal journey has not been always with robotics. As you said earlier, I had my doctorate in engineering and specifically transportation engineering. And my journey had always been in New York, focusing on civil engineering. However, our company, Cambria, the founders of Cambria took Jared and Tingsi have always been involved in robotics and uh, cloud computings and robotics and AI and game theory. So these are all their backgrounds. Took, for example, got his PhD at Stanford in AI. Jared is a Stanford research fellow, also at Stanford. So um, Took and, and Jared are buddies at Stanford. And Jared is a research fellow there, and he's a roboticist. And Tingxi is a cloud computing expert who graduated from the University of Calgary. I see. So before Cambria, you were at a different startup? Were you teaching? Were you pursuing your doctorate? Before joining Cambria, mm-hmm. I was actually at a company called GPI. Mm-hmm. It was a technical director of a group that builds, uh, builds uh, models, transportation models. <laughs> and uh, I was also teaching at New York University as adjunct professor. Okay. And Tukfu, CEO of Canberra, he just flew in, in a helicopter and convinced you to jump along or how, how did that collaboration? That's exactly how it goes, sort of. It wasn't a helicopter, but he, uh, you know, he whizzed in one day. Uh, so I met Tuk at, um, at a, an event in New York. He was telling me about his vision for Cambria. And he wanted a little help with writing technical paper. 
So I said, I, I can help. I don't have expertise in this area, but writing technical paper is something I'm doing anyway. So I would love to, to help. And that's how it got started. That's how our relationship got started and started writing the white paper for Cambria. And I got involved in many little things as we build out the startup Cambria. Mm. So eventually we got really, really big. I mean, uh, the, uh, the project got, uh, got a wind. Mm -hmm. uh, we built out the team and we built out the team big enough that he needed a COO. <laughs> and so he asked me if I would like to join. And here I am. And now I'm the COO of Cambria. <laughs> There is also a a company called OmniLabs, right? That uh, mm -hmm. that has a lot of interplay interaction with Cambria. Before we kind of dive into Cambria and what it's doing, I guess it'd be helpful for the audience to understand what's the relationship between OmniLabs and Cambria. Certainly, I mean the the co-founders, the founders of Cambria, are the same founders of OmniLabs, mm -hmm. and OmniLabs started. Three years ago in 2015, when they got together, took Jared and Tingsy got together and started OmniLabs, they wanted to build personal consumer robots. And they knew that it was going to be very difficult. It is a hardware project and, you know, a lot of startups up in the hardware space struggle. And so they, they knew the approach has to be different. They, they create a new paradigm almost in the manufacturing of robotics. Everything that we do for OmniLabs is in Santa Clara from design, from inception to design to prototyping, manufacturing, and then assemble and, and support. Everything is in Santa Clara. And the only reason that we could do it is because we embody the lean manufacturing and quick prototyping capability. So we build robots, but before we build robots, we build 3D printers so that we could print robotic parts. And that lean manufacturing iteration process, you know, it allows us to get to 10 generation of robots within just a year. Just think about like you know the the insane amount of IP and inventions that you are compressing into that that one year, and you still have to go through the supply chain, but you don't have to worry so much about the complex supply chain because everything that is complex you make. Only the very simple part then you purchase from outside. Mm. Mm -hmm. So this telepresence robot, it's designed to be consumer interfacing. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit hard for people to visualize um, perhaps because you know they need to be able to interact with this uh, and it's i've had the pleasure of of using this robot once and and it's actually very cool i, I was mm -hmm. enamored with it because it, you, you can actually control this thing with your keyboard and you can set it up in a very streamlined way where you can control it inside your browser um so mm -hmm. essentially anyone can can really uh learn how how, how to use and adopt this consumer robot. And I think that was the design purpose is that the a consumer and an average person can be able to learn how to use this. So perhaps can you can you explain, you know, how uh, this serves a, a normal user? Mm -hmm. uh, you're absolutely right. Robots and every robotic parts and, uh, and products that we develop is consumer facing. And yes, the design is to make it so simple that children can use it because the use case that we have is education. 
right? And we have a robot, but to control the robot, you just have to go onto a browser and you can use any mobile platform, laptop or phone. And you, you go onto app.omnilabs.com and you signed in using your Google account or a Facebook account. And you're in, you're in the robot. And now you can control it. You can control it using your keyboard. You control it using your mouse or on the, on the mobile device without downloading any application. And we were designing it this way specifically because it's very easy for you to update once it's already deployed. Hmm. That's number one, right? So we can make sure that every single software and updates can be, you know, to get to the end user very quickly. And secondly, anybody who are not familiar with technology are usually turned off by the fact that they have to go through the process of purchasing application and setting up an application, an app. Even though it could be easy, we feel that a web is a lot more accessible, right? A web browser is a lot more accessible. You can use anything to, to go onto a web browser. So it, it's, uh, it reduces the entry to barrier, a barrier to mm -hmm. entry. And yeah, so, so I think in overall, we, we try to reduce all the friction for an user. And, and children is our use case. So children, actually, the moment you give it to them, it's so intuitive. They just use, they, they can make the robot dance in within five minutes. <laughs> I, I would love and to see that. We've seen it over and over and over. <laughs> have, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Have you actually tested the robot with a child? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, our robots have been deployed uh, and is sold in the market for several years mm -hmm. now. And we have customers who are children, and these are children who, are, who cannot attend classes mm -hmm. because they suffer from deliberatory diseases or other uh, autism. And so they, they would use a robot, and then they would bow into the robot and attend classes. Mm -hmm. Wow. I got to admit, these children probably more advanced than, than I am because admittedly, when, when I first used the robot, that was my only time using it. And I was struggling a little bit uh, at first uh, to see which key on my keyboard would you know, move it forward and, you know, how do I kind of zoom <laughs> in because I was trying to control the robot to follow um, the, the person in the conference room around the hall. But once I got the hang mm -hmm. of it, it was, it was so cool. You know, I, I was be able to stop that person and follow uh, him around, around the hallway to the lobby and to the conference room and I could zoom in on the whiteboard yeah. to see what, what he was writing. And so it was, it was a very, yeah, it was quite an amazing experience. Yeah, and it's very applicable in the classroom, right? And uh, for education, we have a different model. We call it the super cam model because it uses a 4K camera and it allows students to, you know, take pictures of the, the, of the whiteboard. And so they don't have to worry about taking notes. You know, since some students suffer from disability where they cannot write. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the robot takes notes for them, basically. <laughs> and, we're, and, and we're integrating speech technology and voice recognition. We are very, quite far along. So soon you can just talk to it and it will just do things for you rather than you have to control it. Right. So, yeah. yeah, so potentially a, <laughs> a child who just even learning how to speak at, you know, two, three, four year old, they, they can potentially control this. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This robot was the same one that, um, that was featured on the Today Show and other trade shows. Mm -hmm. I'll put a link in our show notes so that people can 
and see them. I think it's neat for for people just to be able to see it in in action. It's a little bit hard to describe it in words until you you kind of see how it interacts with people. Let's pivot to Cambria. Cambria's、mm-hmm. mission is to create to launch this、uh, open source ecosystem. This this Collaborative economy,、mm-hmm. essentially a decentralized innovation platform, to、uh, speed up this、uh, frontier technology that we've been talking about in robotics、mm-hmm. and AI. Now, what does that ecosystem look like? So, help break that down for us. Sure, absolutely. So, I I wanted to say that the relationship between Omni Labs and Cambria is the fact that you know we created this Omni Labs company, and we were able to compress the innovation space with you know in a magnificent amount of time. Right in one year, we got ten generation of robots, but we wanted to do this on a larger scale, and we see the challenges. Everywhere, because as a, an innovative company that has to go out and find the market use case, go to conferences, getting funding, all of this is very difficult, and sometimes it doesn't help the innovation process. So, with the blockchain technology, we would like to take our model that we have had in Omni Labs and bring it to the entire community, so that the community. Can help each other build on an idea. So technologies such as the one that we developed on in Omni Labs can be open source, and then other people can work on top of this open source technology. And the Cambria platform can connect them to prototyping and manufacturing companies who focuses on doing very rapid prototyping. And then we connect all of that to. The companies who understand the market, the consumer market, they know what the end user demands. So all of this together, we can really bring an idea all the way to market, and letting everybody who you know, if you are an entrepreneur and you would like to to create manufacturing capability, you just do what you do best. If you're an inventor or an engineer who like to build and design. You continue to do that, and you get attributed for it. And companies who are looking for solution, you know, can tap into this in, enormous into IP pool, and they can get technology for the solution quickly. So we all working together in this open innovation process and get attributed for our work. The IP belongs to the inventors, but everybody who participate in the platform will get a licensing. Basically, won't get a, a license to use this technology. So, company because they have bounties and challenges, they paid for it. To, to, they paid for the licensing use. And if the technology get reused, and very often technology get reused, especially in robotics and AI, is that technology can be cross vertical, right? So you can use the technology that you develop for robots into self driving cars. And so, for those technology. If you are an inventor for a specific IP that could be cross-used at different vertical, the Cambria platform will continue to attribute you for this invention because we can track it on the on the blockchain. So that's the first time you've mentioned blockchain in your、mm-hmm. description of this ecosystem. Perhaps we can do a a dive there. Like, why is blockchain、uh, necessary uh, to power、mm-hmm. uh, this ecosystem? 
yeah, blockchain is critical to the ecosystem because it helps us bootstrap and build a community faster and stronger mm -hmm. than any other traditional open source project. So if you think about it, the traditional project requires a lot of financial backing from big company like like Android and Google, the relationship between Android and Google, right? Without Google, Android was very struck, you know, was struggling to get their project off the ground. Or project like Linux um, that is successful, but requires many, many developers donating their free time. With Cambria and the blockchain technology and our tokenomics, we can actively acquire the technology, the open source technology that are locked away in patents and research labs. And we can reward these developers and inventors who contribute to Cambria. So it's not just a simple financial reward system. You know, we design Cambria and Cambria token to incentivize these developer and inventor to submit high quality work and continue to maintain their work so that we can build a, a very robust foundation and grow the Cambria community. Hmm. Another reason why we use uh, blockchain and the benefit that blockchain brings to Cambria is that we can now break down the process of innovation. We can break it down to from the inception of the idea to getting it developed, prototype and manufacture and eventually commercialize and allowing for each piece of this puzzle to be tackled through, an, through the tokenomic system so that you are attributed for each part of your contribution and the transparency and the trust through the blockchain will keep that technology going through the innovation process so that we, we all trust each other. We're focusing on the distribution. We all trust each other and, and we, we bring the technology from inception to distribution in the market because it's all transparent. Right? Mm -hmm. And Finally, yeah. <laughs> there are many reasons why we use a US blockchain, but it's important that the technology on Cambria is open, mm -hmm. open as in open source. And we can only do that because of the trustless nature of blockchain technology, right? People can continue to develop the technology and sharing it across vertical and know that they are the owner of, of this IP. And so, you know, we see that um, in, in the traditional world, there could be some, uh, some privacy uh, violation or IP violation. So with the blockchain technology, we, we are able to track the IP. And with the community, as the community grow, the community will do community policing. And they can flag violation and they can stake their, their tokens into this, this violation pool and will activate legal action to protect the IP itself. With an open source nature of, of this ecosystem, is, do you imagine the, the largest uh, contributing demographics would be uh, developers, people who are specialized in, uh, in robotics technology? I guess I'm just curious of how this will roll out. I mean, will this have a Cambria will host a, a GitHub uh, where uh, developers mm -hmm. will uh, submit their contributions that way. I'm just kind of curious, you know, what, what, what is the foundation to 
host and distribute the technical collaboration? Sure. To grow the community. So we are growing the community organically through a series mm -hmm. of hackathons. But the, the foundation, first of all, the foundation of Cambria platform is, you're right, Git mm -hmm. repository, but thousands of them, you know, spanning from software to hardware to electrical to mechanical mm -hmm. components, because we need all of this part in order to go to prototyping. If it's just software, then it's a lot of, you know, it's use a traditional way of having just software and we can talk, uh, we can build on the code base and we call it KDNA. So we have a language, a code base, a language for people to talk. And these are, these are basically a language that um, make sure everything tie together. So if there's hardware component, you definitely need to have a standardized way for a standardized communication mm -hmm. channel so that if you developed and design, then a proto no, prototyping company can take your design and print it. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's what KDNA will, will KDNA will basically help you to communicate with manufacturer and communicate mm -hmm. with companies. It's the same language across the board. Okay. To grow the core developers, we we are holding series of hackathons, and these hackathons are sponsored mm -hmm. by projects. So we have a collaboration with companies who are interested in finding innovative solution to their technology challenges, and they putting this bounty on the platform, asking to find solution, say in data infrastructure, and. And through this challenge, we are going to hold a series of hackathons. We actually have one coming up in Stanford, uh, the week of the 26th and 27th. There's going to be a hackathons at Stanford University. And at these hackathons, we are going to be focusing our community on the solution surrounding data. But that's how we're going to grow it. Basically, we will we'll, we'll have all these challenges with clear guidelines and we'll host these events to get the developer community excited and to, excited to work on, on a solution together. Additionally, we are also reaching out to open source, com uh, open source projects and inviting them to host their projects on our Cambria platform. Most of these open source projects do not have any uh, financial mm -hmm. stream at all. So on the Cambria platform, at least there is a way for them to get attributed for all their contributions. So with the uh, incentive mechanism in relation to the, the financial stream that you're referring to, so the, the attribution will be able to track their effort and contribution on the Cambria platform somehow. Now, over time, contributors uh, will be able to monetize mm -hmm. with the Cambria tokens. Is that correct? Now, how would that uh, monetization uh, process work? Because uh, these contributors, would they need to have some sort of a, a digital wallet? They would uh, hold, mm -hmm. uh, they store these Cambria tokens and they can convert or trade it uh, for uh, fiat or how does that process work? <laughs> okay, so we're really getting into the nitty-gritty detail. So there, there are two, first of all, there are two sets of, of crypto mm -hmm. currency in, in our system. One is CAT token, right? CAT token is a cryptocurrency that help you interact with the platform. And so you, in order for a company to, to put a bounty in the system, We'll, we'll take their bounty and convert them into cash. And from there, we'll, that would be the winning price. 
So developers setting up teams, competing on these challenges will go through stages. And as they pass each stage, they will be attributed for their work through, through the cat token winnings. But the technology and everything that is internal to the Cambria platform itself is go through a series of karma. So karma is a way for us to track people's work. If you win the prizes, you won't get cat token at the very end. But your work itself, you know, through the process of you developing and submitting and doing all these things, that is tracked through karma. And that is internal to the Cambria platform itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the cat is a way that for you to interact with the external world. So you can convert it into Bitcoin, you can convert it into Ether, you can convert it into fiat, mm-hmm. to the exchanges. But the, the work that is tracked in the, the Cambria platform itself is through, through mm-hmm. Karma. And uh, we, we track that work so that you know, it doesn't tie into the, the crypto economics of the speculative mm-hmm. yep. world. <laughs> yeah, so it's, yeah, so we use Karma and Karma is really is what is a, the mechanism for us to, to mm-hmm. attribute back when your work is going to be commercialized later. Well, at top mm-hmm. level then, uh, there's an incoming stream, there's a demand for this technology and these market actors are, you know, setting a demand for it and via a, a bounty and there's gamification, there's a sense of, you know, competition and, and, and tracking of um, valuable contributions on this ecosystem that will be able to mm-hmm. value it in a um, market uh, based on a market mechanism and they'll be able to uh, monetize the contributions in various ways. So there, so there are different ways that um, the the digital tokens are used in this ecosystem. Okay, got it. Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you recently yes. had a soft launch in Vietnam, right? So, so how did that go? Any setbacks? Any any interesting things you learned there? Well, it's phenomenal. We had great feedback from the community with our launch. So with the launch of the Cambria platform, now uh, people can go and interact with it. It's app.cambria.io. And we were we were on we we're really excited about that because we set it out this project over, over a year ago and we said that we wanted to launch it by you know quarter three of 2018 and we got there. <laughs> I think that's a feat in itself because I've seen many other blockchain projects who had all these timeline and it's, it's very difficult to deliver on time. And so we were very excited that our team together, we were able to build this platform and deploy it. Uh, and yes, the soft launch was in uh, Ho Chi Minh mm-hmm. City, Vietnam. It was you know, among investors, uh, friends, and supporters, and and our own Cambria community. So it was a very stormy night, and yet over 100 people showed up, and we, we packed that, that all-in station. <laughs> so I, we are very thankful for everybody who showed up. Well, so it was packed house, so there was a, mm-hmm. a, a lot of interest, not only with the people who showed up, but people who are watching it via the live feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yes, we had a live feed going because, you know, our soft launch, while it was a soft launch of the Cambria pla- platform, we wanted to introduce our community to a, an expert panel. So we had 
uh, chief innovation officer of Smartlock Vietnam. We had, uh, you know, co-founder of Dragon Capital. We had partner from Turon Capital. We had CEO of Imagine X. We had business developer, uh, and we had head of of marketing. You know, we have all these fun, phenomenal entrepreneurs and. And they came to our event to to share their thoughts on how together we can invest and accelerate frontier technology. Mm. And I think that 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 dialogue really got people interested. I'm, I'm sure people were interested in Cambria, and I'm, <laughs> I, but we wanted to make sure that when people come to Cambria, there is valuable information that they can take away, and that we really want to foster a culture of collaboration and just invention and that's why we we had to create a panel instead of having just an event um and just unveiling the, the protocol itself and of course is in ho chi minh city in saigon a gem and there's a lot of bustling uh, activities and it's definitely a an attraction as well so <laughs> yes absolutely absolutely ho chi minh city in, in itself is it's kind of like the New York, right? <laughs> the New York of Vietnam. <laughs> well, I, it's just encouraging to just to see your team and, and other team uh, helping to foster uh, advanced technology and, and innovation there in the city. Now, I wanted to end on, you know, where do you see Canberra going in the near future? But uh, I do want to switch gears a little bit to, I think that the audience have been interested in also the uh, the business aspects of people who are in involved in, in this innovation space, particularly if, you know, if they have a uh, a unique perspective to offer because... A lot of this is is new. It moves fast. The pace innovation can can be a it occurs at at a breakneck speed, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as a woman in technology, do you feel any particular? Well, I guess what I want to ask you is, you know, do you have a role model in this uh, technology field that you look up to? Like, like who's been your inspiration? It has um, has it been someone uh, from um, the the university was it uh, your academic advisor or uh, someone you've met along the way that's that's been a role model for you that's a great question I think that there's isn't a single person in my life I know that they my, my parents have always been inspiring to me but from a from a technology perspective I have a handful of people that have led me through this point. And I'm, I am continuously thankful and grateful for to my advisor in New York University, mm -hmm. who propelled me in this direction. Who has always believed that I can do more. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, when I when I met the team, the, the team, my previous team at GPI and my team here at Omni Labs in Cambria, they inspire me on a daily basis. You know, we do so much in the office, but we have so much fun doing it at the same time. We are always thinking about. How to design better, how to manufacture better, how to code better, and yet at the same time we can joke about how this process, <laughs> you know, you know, could be a million times better if we we had just have a project like Cambria, and then we started Cambria, and and now we're thinking, oh well, we can do all these verticals, and so in the next few years we are really excited about how 
Cambria will accelerate innovation in robotics and AI, but it can also accelerate innovation in in data infrastructure, in you know drive, self-driving vehicles, in healthcare, in education. And so, for me, a role model is my peers. I mean, yeah, my role models are my peers. What are you hearing from investors and? People who have a vested interest in this technology. You've been traveled. You traveled to a few countries already, and you, and you met people mm-hmm. from across the spectrum. The areas that you mentioned in, in healthcare, driverless cars, are those the ones that's you know have a lot of pent up demand, or well, what are you hearing out there? Yeah, absolutely. We we met many um, enthusiasts in this space, and. They all say that, oh, if there is a way for me to share my invention without worrying, somebody will take it and, and, and not attribute it back to me, they would love to, to help build a community. So, so we, we meet these people in Australia, in Singapore, in Korea, in the United States, in Vietnam. Everywhere we go, there, there are all this big pool of, of inventors. And then we also meet with investors themselves. And we are very, selective with our investment pool. As you know, we, don't, we haven't completed any public ICO, but we have already launched the platform and we did it with the help of our investors. And these strategic investors are the one who, who needed solution to their technology problems. They wanted to partner with Cambria, not just invest, but partner with us because they wanted to find a solutions to these technology problems. And they know that from our platform, they will be able to tap into this huge pool of resources. So overall, we have gotten tremendous support from bottom up as well from top down. Mm, I see. As a doctorate uh, holder, you, I would assume, like to do research um, to stay on the cutting edge of technology, and also to, you'd want to carve a space for yourself to think um, broadly about what would be the impact of uh, robotics and artificial intelligence society. Have you really thought about that, you know, like into the future, mm-hmm. what would be the implications of broader adoption? Do you have any concerns mm-hmm. about, you know, how this technology could be used for good and for bad? Mm-hmm. Well, specifically, I am excited about the technology being used for social purposes, right? And that's why we build consumer-facing applications. But, you know, with, again, another another use case of blockchain technology is the fact that you can have the community drive the direction of these technology. If you want the community, as to, together we wanted to do good, then we can vote for projects that are good. You know, the community is voting for these hackathon series ideas and, and projects so they can vote and stick their their hearts and, and their file tokens in this project. So we can drive this into this, you know, make sure that we do uh, projects that have good social impact and have that bring value, the immediate value to the, the everyday consumers. I, I've already seen technology that has helped us, right? I mean, we l- look around us, we are surrounded by AI technology. We are surrounded by applications that make our life easier. But uh, with Cambria, we can do much, much more. I mean, there's we, we can free ourselves of a lot of... of we can t- our premise is that we 
the success of our our species is dependent on the fact that we continue to innovate. We cannot stop this innovation process. We need to continue and continue at a at an accelerated rate. You know, at Cambria, we hope to contribute to that so that we can accelerate this innovation process and continue the continue to innovate, making inventions that are useful and have great social impact, and bring that technology to everybody quickly. Thank you for sharing your story, your inspiration, um, and the roadmap where you guys trying to take this technology. Our guest today is Cha Vu, CEO of Cambria. Cha, if people want to know more about Cambria, where would they go? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the show. And if you are interested in becoming a Cambrian, join our community at www.cambria.io. That's K-A-M. B-R-I-A dot I-O. Thank you. Thank you for listening to a BitCryptic podcast. A BitCryptic podcast is hosted by Alain Leon, Dang Du, and myself, Jeff Peterson. Show notes are by our editor-in-chief, Dang Du. Website is by Sammy Toucan and his team at Pack Surge Media. Remember, nothing we say in this show is meant to be financial advice. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. And remember, keep it cryptic.